This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Welcome to the Savage Truth. I am your host, Cicely Davis. Today on The Savage Truth, George Santos has been expelled from Congress after a scathing report from the House Ethics Committee last month accused him of using campaign funds for personal use, along with other allegations. He's just the sixth congressman to be expelled ever and is the first to be expelled without being convicted of a crime or being a member of the Confederacy. And with the split Republican yeas and nays, more division within the Republican Party surfaces. I will go over some of the important details and discuss the lengthy list of allegations, the implications, and what to expect from this ousting coming up on The Savage Truth with Cicely Davis. Welcome back to another episode of The Savage Truth. Cicely Davis here bringing you more takes on current events. Please like, support, subscribe, and leave a positive review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and YouTube. I just want to acknowledge that you have been doing so. I would like to acknowledge that, and please continue to do so. I truly, truly appreciate it. Well, you've all undoubtedly heard about it. Last Friday, GOP Representative George Santos was expelled from his position over ethics violations. As he exited the U.S. Capitol in the moment after his expulsion last Friday, he declared he was done with Congress just 11 months after taking office. Why would I want to stay here? To hell with this place. Santos, that's what he told reporters as he made his way to a waiting SUV. Now, for the sake of variety, listeners, I'm going to take a bit of a reporter's report to this story simply because I believe that there is such ignorance in regards to the details and the methods of operation within within the three branches of our government, how the American apparatus actually works, the procedures and the rules. And please take no offense when I speak of ignorance. I simply mean that in general, and that includes me, the general public doesn't fully understand how our government actually works and I am in hopes that I can help clear up and make clear in re- to that regard, ending, of course, with my take on the circumstances at hand. I also want to clarify the alleged um, charges against Santos, just so you fully understand what he is actually up against and what was weighing for those Republicans who actually voted to oust him. So the House voted last Friday to expel New York GOP Republican George Santos over ethics violations, making him only the sixth lawmaker ever to be ousted from the chamber. The resolution passed 311 to 114, with 105 Republicans voting in favor of expulsion. All four top House GOP leaders voted to keep Santos in Congress. Santos survived previous attempts to remove him, 
but there was growing momentum for this effort in the wake of a scathing ethics report, which concluded that he sought to fraudulently exploit, quote unquote, fraudulently exploit his House candidacy for personal financial profit. Santos announced he would seek re-election at the report's release, but refused to resign at that time. So the House clerk, um, let me explain this a little bit. The House clerk is expected to assume control of Santos' office and New York Democratic government. Kathy Hochul will schedule a special election to replace him in New York. Expulsion is the most severe form of punishment for a House lawmaker and requires the high bar of two-thirds of the majority vote to succeed. Santos is the first member to be expelled from the House in more than two decades and the first to be ousted since the Civil War, who wasn't first convicted of a felony. So that is the distinction there. With the vote last Friday in the House of Representatives to George Santos from the chamber, these are the next steps expected to take place in Congress and in New York State. So in Congress, according to a former House parliamentarian, an expulsion is handled the same way as a vacancy, including death or a resignation. The House clerk assumes control of the office and makes decisions on behalf of that office. It will decide how Santos' office is cleared out, among other steps. His district office remains intact simply for constituent needs. Then special elections loom in New York. The House clerk informs the governor of New York, again, Kathy Hochul, that there is now a vacancy in the third district of New York. It is then up to Kathy Hochul to schedule a special election to replace him. New York state law stipulates that the governor make a proclamation of a special election within 10 days with an election occurring not less than 70 nor more than 80 days following the proclamation. Hochul, a Democrat, said Friday she is prepared to fill the vacancy and slam Santos saying he has not served the people of New York. <laughs> However, unfortunately, the rules are not strictly followed. I'm sure you're not surprised. Following the resignation of GOP Representative Tom Reed, neither the 10-day nor the 70- to 80-day parameters were followed in scheduling a special election. Additionally, the House and New York are expecting a second House vacancy with the upcoming resignation of Democratic Representative Brian Higgins, who announced he would step down in February, and Hoko could opt to pair those special elections. Now, Santos will retain, retain certain privileges. Unlike previous modern-day expulsions of Democrat Michael Myers in 1980 and Democrat Jim Traficant in 2002, Santos has not been convicted of a felony. House rules stipulate that until there is a conviction, Santos retains some privileges as a now former member of Congress, including access to the House floor, the dining room, the gym, and cloakroom, but not security. The expulsion resolution could have stripped Santos of those privileges, but there is no cause in the motion to do that. Both Traficant and Myers' privileges were stripped immediately following the expulsion vote because they had both been convicted of their crimes. Now, I did see 
coverage that Santos' name was removed from his congressional office. So they have at least made it clear that his occupation of that office is no longer an option. Privilege rules can and have changed in the past. The House makes rules and changes all the time regarding privileges for former members. Privileges were stripped for former members during the COVID-19 pandemic, and floor privileges are usually restricted for former members for the State of the Union address. Should Santos, one, be expelled, and two, continue to exercise the privileges as a former member, it's expected a rules change would come to address that issue. Apart from ethics committee investigation, Santos has also pleaded not guilty to 23 federal charges, including allegations of fraud related to COVID-19 unemployment benefits, misusing campaign funds, and lying about his personal finances on House disclosure reports. So I will go ahead and just for you listeners, itemize those counts, those 23 counts. So the superseding indictment was filed in the United States District Court for the Eastern District of New York, charging George Anthony DeVolder Santos, better known as George Santos, the United States representative for the 3rd District of New York, with one count of conspiracy to commit offenses against the United States, two counts of wire fraud, two counts of making materially false statements to the Federal Election Commission, the FEC, two counts of falsifying records submitted to obstruct the FEC, two counts of aggravated identity theft, and one count of access device fraud. In addition to the seven counts of wire fraud, three counts of money laundering, one count of theft of public funds, and two counts of making materially false statements to United States House of Representatives that were charged in the original indictment. Santos was due back in federal court on October 27th of this year. So Breon Peace, United States Attorney for the Eastern District of New York, Nicole Antigeri, Acting Assistant Attorney General of the Justice Department Criminal Division, and James Smith, Assistant Director in Charge of the Federal Bureau of Investigation, or FBI, of New York, and Auntie Donnelly, Nassau County District Attorney announced the impending indictment. And I quote, As alleged, Santos is charged with stealing people's identities and making charges on his own donor's credit cards without their authorization, lying to the FEC, and, by extension, the public about the financial state of his campaign. Santos falsely inflated the campaign's reported receipts with non-existent loans and contributions that were either fabricated or stolen, stated United States Attorney Peace. This office will relentlessly pursue criminal charges against anyone who uses the electoral process as an opportunity to defraud the public and our government institutions. And I quote continued, Santos allegedly led multiple additional fraudulent criminal schemes lying to the American public in the process. The FBI is committed to upholding the laws of our electoral process. Anyone who attempts to violate the law as part of a political campaign will face punishment in the criminal justice system, stated FBI Assistant Director in Charge Smith. And I instantly think of 
my former opponent, Ilhan Omar, but I digress. And I continue to quote, the defendant, a congressman, allegedly stole the identities of family members and used the credit card information of political contributors to fraudulently inflate his campaign's coffers, stated District Attorney Donnelly. We thank our partners in the U.S. Attorney's Office and the FBI as we work together to root out public corruption on Long Island. Public corruption in New York. I mean, there's such a whole list of names. I digress and I continue. As alleged in this impending indictment, Santos, who was elected to Congress last November and sworn in as the U.S. representative for New York's third congressional district on January 7th of this year, engaged in two fraudulent schemes in addition to the multiple fraudulent schemes alleged in the original indictment. Quoting the prosecution team. So here is the party program scheme, okay, as alleged by this prosecution team. This is what he's accused of per this prosecution team, and I will itemize this out. So during the 2022 election cycle, Santos was a candidate for the United States House of Representatives in New York's third congressional district. Nancy Marks, who pleaded guilty on October 5th of this year to related conduct, was the treasurer for his principal congressional campaign committee, Santos, DeVolder Santos for Congress. During this election cycle, Santos and Marx conspired with one another to devise and execute a fraudulent scheme to obtain money from the campaign by submitting materially false reports to the FEC on behalf of the campaign in which they inflated the campaign's fundraising numbers for the purpose of misleading the FEC a national party committee, and the public. Specifically, the purpose of the scheme was to ensure that Santos and his campaign qualified for a program administered by the National Party Committee, pursuant to which the National Party Committee would provide financial and logistical support to Santos' campaign. To qualify for the program, Santos had to demonstrate, among other things, that his congressional campaign had raised at least $250,000 from third-party contributors in a single quarter. To create the public appearance that his campaign had met that financial benchmark and was otherwise financially viable, Santos and Mark allegedly agreed to falsely report to the FEC that at least 10 family members of Santos and Mark's had made significant financial contributions to the campaign when Santos and Marx both knew that these individuals had neither made the reported contributions nor given authorization for their personal information to be included in such false public records. In addition, understanding that the National Party Committee relied on FEC fundraising data to evaluate candidates' qualifications for the program, Santos and Marx agreed to falsely report to the FEC that Santos had loaned the campaign significant sums of money when, in fact, Santos had not made the reported loan and, at the time the loans were reported, did not have the funds necessary to make such loans. These false reported loans included a $500,000 loan when Santos had less than 8000 in his personal and business bank accounts. Now, 
it's all well and good that there is great scrutiny into Santos' alleged fraudulent activities in relation to his campaign. Prominent and more popular congressional leaders like Matt Gates and Boebert and Byron Donalds and Jim Jordan did not elect to expel Santos as their positions were, as I stated in the beginning, that he wasn't actually convicted of any crime. So they were holding out because there wasn't an actual conviction. We have to at least state that this is not a good look. I think we can all at least agree to that. That being said, we've had suspicions of the squad members like AOC and Ilhan Omar clouded with congressional campaign financial suspicions with no expulsions or serious investigations from Democrats or Republicans. So clearly, once again, what goes for the goose clearly does not go for the gander, but perhaps this is more of a telltale sign of the differences between Dems and Republicans. Dems prosecute, they press, and they demoralize without hesitation. We hesitate and we pause. In the end, it ends in more divide for the Republican Conservative Party, with 100% of Democrats' representatives voting to oust Santos. And I would just love for Republicans to vote 100% on anything. It would be just really great to see. It would really be nice. Perhaps we as a party are experiencing a purge in which the party is being realigned and this is the painful, bumpy, messy process. I don't know. But I do know this, in 2024, another opportunity for us as citizens to hold leaders accountable, we need to vote out all those who are not constitutional leaders of our country and who do not hold it sacred as the source of legislation in all three branches of government. And that is my take on that. Now, folks, uh, listener, listeners, I would like to let you know we'll soon be rolling out to video. A video version of the show will be coming out soon. I'm really looking forward to changing the recording dynamics and to connect with you all with visual content. So stay tuned for that. Thank you all for listening. Again, please like, support, subscribe, and leave a positive review. And remember, be bold, be strong, be faithful, be true. Till next time, I'm Cicely. The Savage Truth with Cicely Davis is a production of Front Page Magazine and the David Horowitz Freedom Center. Reproduction of this podcast without express written consent is prohibited. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.